control run. Go to Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Carter will get it for the win. Got it! He is hard to believe. Here's Troy. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another emergency live free agency special. A crazy one today, but before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. And of course, to follow us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on, I'm sorry, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and in, follow us on Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. You already know the deal. For today's live, I'm going to be joined by two Knicks fans that you're very familiar with. But one of them is here right now. Other one will be joining us in the episode. Fabian Perspect TV. We had to bring a Knicks fan on because we just talked about it in the last uh, free agency episode we did about who? Oh, Kevin Durant staying. That, right. you, that you were you switched your mind on the Donovan Mitchell trade train. You wanted him now to come to New York because you thought he would be the star that you guys were missing. He's going to the Caps. The Caps. I need your reaction at first when you heard the news. Um, it was, it was already reported. It was already reported, um, last week, five days ago. Cause I retweeted it. I said, it would be sick if Cleveland gets him because they fit him perfectly. He fits that team perfectly. I said from last year, they really think he fits it perfectly. Hell yeah. Why? Because it's a small, it's the, the same thing you said initially about the Knicks concerns. It's a small backcourt. It's a small and, backcourt here. And they don't really, play, and Garland doesn't really play, um, defense. So they, now that it's Donovan, Donovan Mitchell hasn't shown effort in the last two, three seasons. In the last two or three seasons. But I think they make up for it. And I like J.B. Bickerstaff. Okay. I like I like him too. I like, the fact that Kevin Love became more motivated. There's something to that team. There's something to them. Um, same thing with the Knicks, though. Like with, the, with our young core, there is something to us, especially if you watch Summer League. They want to play together. And that's part of the reason why it was – you know, I wanted Donovan Mitchell, yes, but not at that cost. Five first round picks. It's like we, if someone else becomes available, then what? Ant Man is going to can become available in the next two years as well. I think in twenty twenty five, his his contract is up. So you um, didn't want to give up five picks. So let's just first read the trade uh, for the people. It was Donovan Mitchell traded for Lowry Markinen, Colin Sexton. The, the lottery pick that the Cavs drafted from Kansas, Oshai Agbaji. I really hope I'm saying it right. It's, you're saying it right, Agbaji. Yeah. Colin Sexton, Lowry Markkinen, Oshai Agbaji. Three unprotected first-round picks, 2025, 2027, and 2029, and pick swaps in 2026 and 2028. Woj reported that along with the Rudy Escar Gobert trade, the Utah Trash have gathered 13 unprotected 15. or lightly protected picks, 13 through 2029. I thought it was 15. Did it update? Uh, I'll look it up. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that's the trade right there, today's trade. So continue as you were saying, initial uh, thoughts on it all. Yeah. You didn't it, want to give up. So that's – I mean – that's really three picks as opposed to the five that you were just saying. Three picks, 
Because okay, so let's look at the pick swaps, right? 2026. That's a little while from now, but if the if the Cavs keep this core, they should be in three years have some of at least uh, you'd hope if you're a Cavs fan three of the big four, and the big four means Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, and Darius Garland. That's four All Stars potentially. Yeah, and on one team, and I don't know if Jared Allen will be a consistent year in year out All Star though, but he can have an All Star impact. I think Evan Mobley is going to be an all-star, though, pretty soon. Is Jared Allen an all-star because you have Embiid and who else in the East? Do they even do centers anymore, oh, or is it just front court? Right. Giannis is not a center. He's not. He's in the front court. So there's no one else. Unless my man, Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims. <laughs> We're talking about four years, though, or are we talking about right now this season? Um, I can see him this year and next year. People think I'm crazy, but well, regardless, the point is four all-star caliber players. Four all-star caliber players. And Cleveland, like I was, well, Donovan, he fits them. He he wanted to be in New York, apparently. He's a Mets fan, everything, and everything like that. So if it didn't cost as much, I mean, like you just said, it's three unprotected first-round draft picks and, what is it, three pick swaps? From, two pick swaps, two three pick unprotected swaps. picks. Well, so let me ask you this though: before we get into like the actual who won the trade and all that, how did you feel as a fan seeing that it oh, well, looks like Donovan Mitchell's not coming to New York? I was relieved. I really? was relieved. Yeah, because if even if we did three unprotected and then we had a pick swap, it wasn't just they wanted to, they wanted R.J. Barrett. Apparently, he wanted someone. I didn't want Donovan Mitchell without R.J. Barrett because now you're really losing defense on the perimeter um the ob top in and it's not just stockholm syndrome without without rookies quentin, quentin grimes can really shoot like this guy you know i'd rather we like have we not learned from the carmelo anthony deal mm-hmm. it, it i mean kevin durant Kyrie irving i don't understand the desperation from from new york fans i don't get it like Kyrie irving and kevin durant we we spoke about them last the last pod the last episode you don't see what happens when you get desperate. And it's the telltale sign of, of desperation in New York because you because nobody wants to come here. Donovan Mitchell wants to come here, yes, but the same thing with Melo. He wanted to come here at all costs. Like he bit himself, he shot himself in the foot. He could he would have been a New York legend. Mitchell the same thing if he made the right trade. So I wasn't I for me personally, it's whatever. Like, and as a but as a basketball fan. I, I love this. We're going to see a very competitive monkey wrench in the East, barring injury. Well, the thing is, I think a lot of Knicks fans are probably struggling with the fact that they have to accept that this year is going to be like a 10 seed, 11 seed bait, probably. Why? What? See, and that's you're, the you're, other thing. Wait, wait a second. Good. Right. But what happened? Better than you. Unless there's happened? major injuries. Right. But what happened two seasons ago when we did great? We did. We, we exceeded expectations. Julius Randle shot over 40% from three. RJ Barrett shot over for 40, 40% from three. Now, what we what we were missing was Alfred Payton as a point guard, offensive rebound. He's a defender. He doesn't bring you much offensively, but defensively, he was he's a stud. That's the recipe to have Julius Randle there because you're cutting all the, the the possessions for the for the defense or, or the offense on the other team. And it, you know, you don't have to rely on Julius Randle. You have to rely on like basically bring, you know, 
working out working down the shot clock, in my opinion. But remember, the Fournier Kemba Walker signings last year was what they were trying to improve on to begin with. So the, the Jalen Brunson is really replacing Kemba Walker. It's gonna be an that, upgrade there for sure. Yeah, he's he's what they wanted Kemba Walker to be. So they that's part of the vision. So I can't at least they're remaining consistent on that end. They got they brought that one way type of player that is strict is basically offense, and they got that guy and it's solid and he's and he there's no injuries here. There's no injury history. Plus they he wants to be here. The dad has history here. You know that's that's it's sewn in, and. They were trying to get Donovan Mitchell. That would have been another upgrade offensively. And at, th- at this point, it's still a, one, a, a one-way thing because he didn't play defense as much. So it's still consistent with what they, what they were trying to do last year with the Knicks. Again, you know me. I'm a highly cynical person. I'm definitely cynical about Leon Rose. Let's talk about what the original, the reported original offer was. Yeah, we should bring that up now. Yeah. This is... At the start of trade talks, this is uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj. At the start of trade talks in July, New York offered Utah a Donovan Mitchell package, including R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected draft first-round draft picks. The Jazz turned that down, and that's when Mitchell Robinson signed for sixty years, the sixty-year million, sixty million dollar extension. If we were to take that at face value, that would have been a terrible trade for the Knicks. Oh my goodness. And you're saying that it's crazy for Ainge to turn it down. I think it's, I think it was, yeah, insane for Ainge to turn it down because the Knicks offered it reportedly. So yes, in, I think it's insane. So there's got to be. I think there's only one of three reasons uh, that why he wouldn't take it. One, he wants to tank for the French guy, Wambanyama. Two. He just really wanted picks, just as many picks as he could get. He didn't care about the player as much. Or three, he's just lost it. I don't think he's lost it. I think it's what you're saying with the draft picks. Mitchell Robinson was basically was a free agent. That he, he was a free agent, so I don't, I don't know if he was unrestricted. He was, he was going to um, opt out. I forgot which one it was, but I look at it as Leon Rose is nuts. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, giving up those three three players for Donovan Mitchell, who, like Uncle shout out to Uncle Ice from All Ball and Uncle, Uncle Ice podcast. Are you crazy? He's Donovan Mitchell has had enough time to prove to us that he can get out of the first round. Have they done that? They've done that twice. They've gotten out of the first round twice. Okay, Don. that was the Uncle Ice rubbing off on me, <laughs> but he hasn't. I said that in the chat too. I said he's been out of the first round twice. He's he's been out of the first round twice, but they get stuck somewhere, and, it, and it's all yeah, not his fault. Well, I've, I've been said I've been said that that combo, that duo, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy being your best two players, is the second round max. I said that in the bubble, and they held. It ended up being true, but they did need somebody else. They but need the thing though, better than one of those two. That's my point. Is he better than them? Is is who better than the guy you're bringing in? Because they brought in Bogdanovich, Conley. They brought in guys around them that are lesser than them to support them. But, like, those two are your best players, and they have glaring flaws at the end of the – like, when you're playing against guys like Kawhi, Luka. You know what I mean? Like, Rudy Gobert, if he goes small, he can't score. And right. he's just and that, best player. And that's the problem that the Clippers are hoarding a lot of this talent. <laughs> that the Lakers oh. are attempting to get a lot of this talent. The, 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 the Heat, 
the Celtics are trying to hoard this talent. So you have the I wouldn't say the Jazz had bad GMs, but now now that Danny Ainge is there, he got rid of that whole plan. So, so which one do you think it is? They just want to stock up on draft picks? Yeah. Like that's where Danny is coming from. And that's and now Leon Rose, if if that's the thing that he offered Danny Ainge, we know he's crazy. If that's if we're gonna take it as face value, that's insane. He's a he's a lunatic. Number one, he doesn't really know what he's doing. Like shot the pot on. He's been saying that, but we we accidentally land in this situation with eight draft picks in the next three or five uh, five drafts. First round pick. That's not bad. Not bad. And at then all. we have a young core. So what's the difference between what Oklahoma City's doing and what Danny Ainge is attempting to do and what we're doing? The biggest difference is we're in New York. We're in the big market. We're doing small ball. This is a small ball strategy in the big city. It's exactly what the Dodgers, your team, that we beat twice in a row, by the way, it's exactly what they're doing because they got the old GM from the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who was a small market kind of operator. You place him in the Dodgers with this big, big city, uh, big city budget. What happens? So the Knicks are accidentally in this. Remember, this ain't the first accident. Not signing KD and Kyrie and not signing them was an accident. If they wanted to, they they would rather have signed them. And of course, that's the before the Leon Rose uh, regime. But the point is, we're very fortunate. And as Knicks fans, we should just appreciate that you know that we're that we're in this You're position. You're very fortunate. Are you yeah. saying out of the situation or as as Knicks fans? As Knicks fans, we're very fortunate. The gods, for some reason, the gods are on our side. That's the most. I've never heard a Nick fan in my lifetime say something like that. Uh, me, yeah, exactly. They're very fortunate. You guys get the, some. You had some terrible luck in my day. Yeah, but look, so our, our terrible luck. Lots to be fortunate of. That's insane. Could you imagine KD and Kyrie? Stadium. What if the the KD and Kyrie situation was going on with the Knicks? You'd have KD and Kyrie. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? You're so much better than now. Dude, you guys you, are not must-see TV at all. I love the Knicks. I want you guys to be good. Well, I don't love them, but, you know, I have sympathy for them. I want them to be good. So Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Like, bro, that was an anomaly that one Julius Randle season. Like, he's he's not – you know it's not it's, – he's not it like that. I, I mess with him, but, like, he's not 10 seed, man. This East is good. So what you're saying is not even true because they were must-see TV the two seasons ago. We were, we were going you, crazy. You're going – must-see TV besides Knicks fans? Because they played good defense and had Julius Randle. Alfred Payton was starting, man. No one's trying to see that shit. All I'm saying is, is that, again, we're fortunate enough to be in this position where we have this level of talent. What are our expectations? And we're still going crazy over it. We're going to hype anyone. I keep telling you that. The Nets, I know, but that's where the heart. That's when it's you get sad. Well, not necessarily you, but fans will get sad because everybody gets excited. It's a tense. I, I, the only chance is that some of your players, young players, take huge leaps. R.J. Barrett, I think he's going to average like 22 points, play good D, improve. But this East, man, this is the best East of my life, straight up, especially and even more so with this move. I mean, it's the best. We're going to get into the Cavs. I mean, who won? So, okay, you're saying the Knicks are a winner here today by dodging a bullet with that ridiculous. By by default, I don't like. Again, I'm very weary weary of this guy. There's no way we can have him in the Danny Ainge range. Danny Ainge is aggressive. What's up, Sierra? Danny Ainge is aggressive, right? Um, Brad Stevens, aggressive. Pat Riley, aggressive. That's not Leon Rose. We don't like – he's aggressively kind of clumsy. That was very – that would have that been such a blunt – oh, my God. You guys would have been calling for his head if he had made that trade. I might have thrown my Knicks towel into, you know. No, you don't, don't say that. 
Listen, man. You would have had Donovan Mitchell. It would have been a little bit exciting. But you no. know R.J. Barrett would have been terrible. My no, God. because uh, it, it's mellow all over again. Yeah, it would, fair enough. And they would have to have, you know, and I get it, though. I get, see, here's the other side to that, Don. Now, now I have to play devil, devil's advocate and point that we've heard before. If you get one all-star, it's easier to get the second one. It's true. We've heard that. I, I get it. But you know me, I'm all about culture. We remember the 90s Knicks because of culture. The the Nets culture stinks. The Boston Celtics culture is, is pretty cool. That's why it's the Golden State culture. Awesome. I don't know what other teams have great culture. I think the Cleveland culture is awesome. You know, I, I, I hate to be the one. I, I don't want to sound like a, a homer, but in recent times, since we got rid of Glenn Rivers, I think our culture is pretty good here now. Top down. Since we got Ty Lue, man, the vibes have been so good. Lawrence Frank with a capital L.A. has been great. But here's the thing. So the Knicks, okay, anything more to say about the Knicks side of things? I feel like we got – I feel like we nailed it all. I think. They came out okay. I think the best thing you said was that they're going to have free agent options in the future and the picks going forward and young talent. I think this season, though, it's going to be kind of annoying if you're a Knicks fan. I think it'll be – 10 seed, like yo, yo, Don, you gotta hope someone gets injured, man, because this first nine teams that the East have now are gonna be sp- like great. I think Bucks and Bucks and Celtics are the best for sure, but you got the Heat, the Sixers, the I think, Hawks. I think Cleveland's gonna spank the Cavs. The, listen to me, Cleveland right. is going right. to spank the Heat. All right, let's get <laughs> let's you get to the Cavs side of things. So, you think that uh, obviously the Cavs. Do you think they're huge winners today? Because some people were saying that they gave oh up a little, that they gave up a little too much. I think they're. I think they won. It's a great trade for the Cavs. What is too much? A good trade Wait. for the Cavs. Where is the too much? I guess. Okay, so let's before we get into the because Laurie Marketing is not too much, and the and the rookie is not too much. I don't like Laurie Marketing that much. I think he's a chucker. Even though he played, he was pretty good this year though. In, in at moments with the whole three big man scheme. Yes, but. In the uh, this is just a weird observation, but every single time I watch this guy actually stick with guys, it's because he's hand checking aggressively. When they don't, when they don't let him do it, he gets blown by, like straight up. I noticed this live. But that being said, I don't think he's like I think he's honestly plateaued. Like I don't think he's gonna get that much better. So I don't think that's a big deal. But the where the where this trade is, we have to talk about is the picks. The players aren't a big deal, but it's the picks. So let's let's talk about it. Yeah, Unprotected picks in 2025. So the upcoming draft is next year after this season would be 2023. So in two years time, if the Cavs stick with those four, like we talked about in the beginning, they should be a playoff team. So that pick should fall within like 18 or 30, if we're being real. Right. Mm-hmm. And then 2027 is five years from now. So who knows? It really all depends on Donovan Mitchell's future with the team. But that being said, if they honestly just hold on to Evan Mobley and, and Darius Garland and Jared Allen, they're going to be a, a good team for years to come. Isn't that the reason why you do this? To keep this, Donovan Mitchell? This is the reason why. Again, And shout out to Kobe Altman, Brooklyn born from, from New Utrecht. Not talked about enough. He came in there. He was in there for the LeBron regime towards the end of it. They got rid of Kyrie Irving. They traded Kyrie Irving, and they tra- and LeBron was gone. I guess they traded for him. Right? They traded him right to the Lakers because LeBron doesn't do anything dirty like that. I thought he no, he left. 
What are you talking about? He was an ultimate. He was a free. Okay. So they was always a free agent when he dips, but he did that sign and trade one time. Well, how many times did he do a sign and trade? From Cleveland to Miami was a sign and trade. Correct. Who did the who did the Cavs even get? Um, Kyrie, bro. Well, they when they got Kyrie because they sucked. No, we traded them for the pick that ended up being Kyrie. Clippers did for Baron Davis. Mm, crazy. I'm sorry. So, for, we traded, yeah, for Mo Williams. Wow. So, what was my train of thought? Cleveland. Oh, the picks. This isn't this the reason why you set up your team this way? It, it's strategic. So that you, you want Donovan Mitchell to re-sign when he becomes a free agent because he's buying into the vision. Because you have the four All Stars. Yeah, and they're young. They're they're under 26, 25 years old. Jared Allen maybe twenty six. I'm gonna look up Jared Allen right now. Age. If 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 you have four, twenty four. Oh my god, he was born in nineteen ninety eight. He's only a couple months older than me. That's insane. We talked wow. about it. That wow. was the it was the biggest mistake the Nets made was was trading Jared Allen. Period. Yeah, I agree. Period. With that. that was the Sean Marks regrets Same that part. more than anything else. So the Cavs got him. The Cavs are in the position that the that the Nets should be in. You have a young star, young point guard as a star, a, a stud, stud point guard. Yep. Mobley looks like the next generation generational power forward along with Giannis. Damn near. Mobley finishes at the rim like he's Kyrie. I'm exaggerating. I might be this New York hype. That's an exaggeration. Watch, watch Evan Mobley underneath that basket. Anytime you guys get a chance, we'll show some damn highlights. Jerry Allen, you know he's a block machine. They, Evan Mobley compliments Jerry Allen the what, where you, the exact way that Utah was looking for someone to compliment Gobert, and now Donovan Mitchell has that. Donovan Mitchell just came from Utah, where he saw his the the best center, the second best player, have to leave the court at times in the playoffs. Now you have two studs in the front court, and these guys are are twenty four years old max. So that means in four years, who gives? Who cares about your draft picks for the next ten years? You have the guys that you do that you stock draft picks for in the first place. Kobe exactly. Altman moved. Kobe Altman moved from general manager to president right now. I so, forgot the name of that there. Bought that dude as general manager now. I don't believe in him. It's Kobe Altman. Okay, so clearly you're very high on the trade. I'm obviously high on the trade as well because you're bringing. I think Donovan Mitchell's a good player, but. It is an interesting fit. They talked about moving on from Colin Sexton because he was on the ball and looked to score. Well, Donovan Mitchell is great in pick and roll, just like Darius Garland and looks to score. It, do you think it's a seamless fit? It doesn't seem like a seamless fit to me yes. in terms of offense. Why? They're just gonna, it, sounds, it looks like they're, I think they, I feel like it's going to be very take turnsy. You run pick and roll. You run pick and roll. I see what you're saying, especially but, with that front court. But I still think it makes the team better. And then as far as the defensive side, yeah, it is too undersized. They got to really play defense. They'll got to try. At the very least, they got to play with that effort every night or damn near every night. But if they don't, they have uh, the biggest insurance policy. Like we thought Escar Gobert was big insurance. You got Jared Allen and Evan Mobley now to, to mask some of their deficiencies. So that ultimately makes this a great trade for me, especially getting a star. For the a great trip for the Cavs, they're going to be better. How much better though? Let's go to a comment right now from Kyle's takes. Bucks and Celtics still better than the Cavs. Do we agree with that? Because I definitely agree with that. I am a New York hype machine. The Cavaliers are the second best team in the East right now. Hate oh to break it God. to you guys. Better than who? Better than the Bucks. 
better than the Philadelphia 76ers. Definitely better better than, okay, you can, I wouldn't even say definitely better than the Sixers, but I can take the Sixers. But the Bucks with Giannis. Giannis is your favorite going, player, best player in the league. You know he's the most dominant player in the league. Giannis is going to have a problem with the Cavaliers. Let's not forget this. He has to deal with two seven-footers down there. He's not, they're not playing. Okay, when well you're talking about the matchup, I'm talking about the regular season who's going to finish higher because we don't know if they're going to match up in the playoffs. That's a great point because and they're Cleveland, playing and they're going to have to take time to gel, obviously. Yes, Bucks but Cavs, I'm sorry, Bucks and Celtics already know each other. Great point. Here's the other thing they're very young. If they can, they have to finish number one or two, definitely number one, as a matter of fact. Now that I'm saying this, the cat. They have to finish number one in order to avoid the Bucks, in order to avoid having to play the Bucks and the Celtics. If you make number one, you can avoid one of those guys until the Eastern Conference Finals. You really think they have a chance of getting the number one seed? They were a top five defense last year, and they played amazing. I think they're, I, they're, yeah, they're, but I think this does this move hurt their defense a lot. No, Karis Levert off the bench. Thank you, KP. Karis Levert off the bench is going to be it's very huge. Good. But here's huge. the thing though: do you do Kevin you, Love off the bench? Do you? Oh, I forgot about Kevin Love. Yeah. Do you? But oh. think the one position that they're weak at is wings, though. Oh, only Isaac Okoro is their best Dude. wing. You need wings that can guard in this league, man. But you playoffs. all you know when you're this great defensively and you can shorten the amount of possessions for the other team. We don't know how great they're going to be defensively, though. They're going to be great. I'm trying to tell you something. You need the some Senate, wing defenders. Did you, you're going to have to go back and watch what the Spurs did with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. You can't have a twin tower like that anymore because, you know, David Robinson, it, it'll be tough for them to play in this era. That's stiff and big of a, of, of a dynamic duel. But these guys are still, Jerry Allen's still young enough to, and nimble enough to, make, to, to rotate. Then you have Mobley rotating like crazy. He was very thin last year. That's the other thing. And he got hurt. Darius Garland's back. He got to do some some sit-ups and do some whatever midsection uh, um, um, workouts to stay in the game. But they have to finish number one. That's the part, I think, where I, I'm going to get the pushback from you or anybody else. Favor, I know weed is legal off, off here, but what are you smoking? I don't smoke weed, sir. All right? I think that's the problem. It, they can't finish number one, so they would have to do some surprise attack. On on ball, they would have to go through Boston. Surprise attack on. They would Boston. have to. They would have to go through Boston and Milwaukee. Boston is that Boston after last season. Somebody was saying that they the, Jalen Brown's going to be affected by them involving him in trade talks. I don't really know. I don't know how serious those trade talks really were from the inside. I think the Celtics going to be motivated after losing, and especially with Malcolm Brogdon now coming. I think the Celtics going to be top two seed, barring any major injury. The Cavs, you're really high on them though. Like that, I think they're going to be around the, they could be four, five, or six. I think they'll be a playoff team. No need for the play-in. I think okay. they're around four, five, or six though. But that's natural and not non-risky to say for you. Of course, anyone else that that knows. I don't basketball. make too many risky picks preseason, man. I get I'm it. big on watching the games first. I get it, but I have to riverboat gamble this 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 segment. My brother. <laughs> Fair enough. You have to like you have to think grandiose. If I'm a Knicks fan, right? I'm a Knicks fan, so. That's part of the reason why they want Mitchell. He doesn't fit. It would be harder to fit him in this lineup. Like, where would he fit? For you to say that, they now have two combo guards, basically. Darius Garland is maybe a little 
Shout out to um, I don't think Darius Garland is give me gives me two guard vibes though. He can just score. Only, he can score, but it all comes from like on the ball creation, and he's a smaller guard. He he also he also he also he's like, uh, dude he's small, bro. I've seen him in person twice. He's, he's small. Feet. Yeah, and not that big. Like you know, six feet is small in, in the NBA. I'm gonna look up his um, catch and shoot numbers. Okay, I mean, I think that that he can do. That both of them can do really. They just gotta buy into it. He and, shoots. He shot forty six percent from the field. That's probably mostly going to the basket. But he shot and he shot thirty eight percent from three. That's above average. The league average is thirty five percent. As we as we annihilated Uncle Ice the other day when he killed off Sean Livingston. <laughs> Uncle Ice is crazy. What did you say? Wait. So what was the numbers for for Arlen catch and shoot? You already pulled it up. No, I didn't pull it up. I pulled up oh. his his three point percentage is thirty eight point three. That's good. Yep. The year before was thirty nine and a half. So he's 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 a really good shooter. Um, and his and his field goal percentage is forty six. That's him going. That's mid range and going to the basket. He gets to the basket real easy. Ben Taylor, I watched Ben Taylor's videos. He broke him down really well. He's a he reminds me a lot of Trey Young. Yeah, he's, he has some Trey Young tendencies for sure. And he's and he's a little bit bigger than Trey Young. So the fact that he just doesn't have the strength like that that shows you how strong Trey Young is for a little guy like that to make those passes. That Darius Garland was a little bit bigger than him. Doesn't quite have the the oomph on his passes and, and his and his uh playmaking ability. I'm look up a uh... spider has to work on giving his big men the ball, says Brent. One of the comments. See, now I think honestly, their shot creation I think is going to be pretty good. I think Okoro's it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. I think he has a very big fit on this team because he's a wing, the only wing that you can think of that's really re- like somewhat reliable. And I don't even know if he really is. He's not really that reliable. And but he's going to be asked to guard most of the best players in the other team that are wings and guards, because you're not going to put Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland on them to fight through screens and all that. So Isaac Okoro is going to be used a lot, but offensively, he's glaringly worse than the other four players on the court. So it's going to be really interesting to see that. As for the comment about Spider giving his big men the ball, I think it's going to be great offensively for the Cavs, and I think Donovan's going to trust Jared Allen and Evan Mobley so much more because they're much more skilled than Go. Escar Gobert in the post or down low or just their touch around the basket. He's going to trust them much more. And I think that's going to be great. What do you think? Do you think he's going to trust them more? Is Donovan Mitchell. He has no, Donovan Mitchell's really good. Again, you have two guys, especially on a fast break. They push the ball. Donovan Mitchell pushes the ball up and he, and he kicks the ball. He, and he's really great at getting to his spots wherever he wants on that court with ease, barring injury, that's why he reminds us that's where the the D-Wade comparisons came from. Might be a little bit faster than D-Wade, maybe a little lighter on his feet than D-Wade. Is he? D-Wade was flat. He was so quick. And his, he, when he was. When he was young. D-Wade uh, was stronger than Mitchell. Def- but, that definitely stronger. And right. bigger and taller. But yes. I think he may have been quicker too. He played bigger than, than Mitchell. Definitely. Mitchell was 6'1". Yeah. D-Wade was 6'4". D-Wade played like a 6'8". A 6'8". Yeah, for sure. Player. Mitchell is trying to play 6-5. And you can you can feel it. But Mitchell gets to wherever he wants. Those little those those step back. Except maneuvers. for the, not always the mid-range though, because he's small. It's hard for guys, small, small guys to get to the mid-range, no screens. Mid-range Stop shooting. Yeah. Stopping. I, I think you can do it off screens, but I noticed in the playoffs with when length is on him though. Not when like little guards are on him, but when length is on him. He like it's it's kind of layups or threes for him. Like he tries to throw his body and tries to get something at the rim. He's a really good finisher through contact and with either hand. Like he's a really good finisher to me, and his floater. But 
but I noticed that it's tougher for him to get the mid range off one on one. But that's actually a thing for all small six foot guys, if you think about it. Like even Trey Young, unless they really create space, like step back, pull back, city. But for mid range, yeah, one with no screen. I'm saying, but that doesn't really matter. Like that's but, very, but, we're getting too specific. No, no, no. But that's it's important because what you're saying is I didn't. That's part of why they get they stunt in the second round. And Definitely, of course, because it's it's like you kind of run him off the line, and he I, like there's no stop on a dime pull with a guy on his hip. You know what I'm saying? Because he's small, like it's tough. Like there's not so, that many guys that do that. Like so I feel that, like Clyde Frazier and like all, all those older fools, like Jerry West, like they have they're either a couple inches taller, have like really long arms, or have like crazy bounce, like to get off the. Donovan Mitchell has the bounce, but I don't know. I just didn't see, like I noticed it the last two years. He has a great mid range coming off screens though, like in drop coverage or like if people are. Like giving him that shot, like he hits that all day, but it's just that's a very nuanced thing, though, you know. But that's why I think Donovan Mitchell has a ceiling as the best player on your team. Do you know what I mean? Like your team has a ceiling with him. And then I see it now. That's the thing. I I don't think Donovan Mitchell, because you like to say that, can you win with him as the best player on your team? I think with this, with this, we're not we're not going to know who the best player is, and at a certain point, they're going to decide. Hey, Garland needs to be the point guard. Well, right now, don't you think Donovan Mitchell going into it is probably the best player on the team? I don't know. Really? Well, he's the only proven all-star. But he can't he can't pass like Darius Garland. He can't. I mean, proven all-star, meaning multiple all-star appearances. He can't pass like Darius Garland for sure. The one thing that I like about this team, though, is that I wouldn't put my stock into wanting Donovan Mitchell to be the best player on the team because Evan, you're hoping that Evan Mobley and Darius Garland could become better than him. And they'll be the best players on the team that will could get you to the championship. Exactly. So that's it's a great move for the Cavs, in my opinion. I want to talk about the Jazz side of things. Before we talk about the Jazz side of things, we're gonna bring him into the stream, Lucas. Oh my God, are you? Can you What's hear us? What's going well? on? I can hear you fine. You? Sorry, I'm just walking back to my car for my fantasy football draft. Had to hop in. What's good, Fabian? Yo, yo. Um, I'm gonna just. I'm okay. When I saw that he was going to the fucking Cavs. I was pissed. I was I was hot um, because I don't know. Two weeks ago, you saw the reports the Cavs are no longer in the running. Bad. Then you hear it's gonna go through. Then then RJ gets extended, and it was, you know. But when I saw the trade, and when I saw what we offered them, and what they rejected, and what they wanted, I was just thinking, oh, fuck Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge was trying to finesse. He was trying to pull the same shit he did in Boston. I like that Leon said no. I don't like that we have like $350 million tied up in RJ, Julius, and, and Jalen. I, I don't love that. Um, I like that we didn't get fucked over and it wasn't like a mellow situation again. But it's just tough because, you know, Donovan would have been that superstar to take us over the edge. And now we kind of have to wait and play the, play the waiting game a little bit longer. I I think it was pointless, the, the bullshit draft we had, because we could have taken A.J. Griffin, who's a shooter, a 3 and D guy, just what we need coming off the bench. We keep Evan Fournier, and I want fucking Evan Fournier on my team. Get him off my team. <laughs> yeah, look, look, okay. Here's my thing. <laughs> You're clearly that- disappointed. You're much more disappointed than Fabian was. Fabian was a little bit more, he said he kind of dodged a bullet, he thought. Did you guys, did you, what do you think of the offer that Leon Rose offered? Allegedly, we, okay. according to Woj. We got, we dodged a bullet. 
with the trade offer. Like, we definitely didn't get – like, if we made that trade that Danny wanted or, or any trade, really, but we would have gotten rinsed. And is it the, I'm no, glad it's not the did. one that Danny wanted, apparently. It's the one that allegedly Leon wanted. You guys offered him that. The, allegedly? I, I don't think that trade's real. I don't I don't think okay because Fabian was saying I mean if it's real then Leon needs would have like he would have gotten like cut like the Knicks fans would have put him on a skillet but we're thinking that Danny Ainge wants picks and he may think Colin Sexton is better than RJ Barrett too but he, I think he mainly wants picks and he knows they'll be worth for this upcoming draft they'll be worth for this upcoming draft there's an echo there oh man he got lagged out but anyways let's look we can look at let me let's briefly before he gets back in the chat. Anything to say from the Jazz perspective? It's a brand new start for them, totally rebuilding from scratch. They're gonna be asked for a while, and that puts a really big smile on my face, honestly. Down with the trash. Just reload. You know, I have a great idea. You know what they should do? They should this year, hopefully, the Jazz will be like 20 and 62. And the thing is, the fans are so loyal. Those goddamn fans are so loyal. But if they, you know, if they had like two or three terrible seasons in a row, don't get Wembanyama. Like, I want to say no more than 25 win seasons the next three years. They suck. Fans don't show up. Relocate the team to Seattle. We get the Sonics back. No change in the conference. Don't even need expansion. And then we can give New Orleans the Jazz name back. Everybody wins. That's what you're hoping for? It's, it's obviously not going to happen. The Jazz fan base is too loyal. But it was just a man can dream. But what do you think about the Jazz side of things? Didn't they got a good haul for this? Sexton's going to eat. If a team with THT Sexton and Clarkson makes me laugh, though, because they're all <laughs> on-ball creators. But I think J- Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich, and Conley will probably be moved. At least two of those guys are getting moved, in my opinion. I think it's is again we we seeing Danny Ainge being Danny Ainge. I don't I don't. It, this is not about the Utah Jazz as a team. This is about Danny Ainge. And in Boston, he did the same thing where he made his presence felt. He traded for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. He's a He's a, not say egotistical, but he's a he's a star GM. You know what I mean? Like he's one of these. He's like what Leon Rose wants to be as well. What's up, Luke? Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. sorry on, like, wait, wait, Fabian. Though I want you to finish on the Jazz. Though, do you think they got a good haul for this? Of yeah, they got what they wanted because he, he was trying to clean house again. He has an agenda, and he completed his agenda. Like he he, he complete, completed his his objective. Like. You can't be mad at that. If he has, if that's his plan, and he went out and and he went out and did what he wanted to do, he couldn't get what he wanted from the Knicks. But you know, he couldn't get what he wanted from the Knicks. What 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 in that offer do you think he didn't want? That the one that we were talking about, this this offer, the three pick. It was it was R.J. Yeah. Barrett, Ob. R.J. Toppin. Barrett, Ob. Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, three unprotected first round picks. There was no pick swaps there, so I guess he wanted more picks. That must have been it. I don't think he wanted those players. Remember, Obi Toppin is still signed. RJ Barrett still had one or two years left before the extension. And then with um, Mitchell Robinson, he would have to have let, let him go because Mitchell Robinson had a, a, an opt out agreement or an opt out clause. Yeah, but I think RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin, though, is good. I think so, also. But again, Colin Sexton's pretty good, though. Colin Sexton offensively. But he's not really much of a catch and shoot player. But he's not very, big, he's gonna have the ball so much on his jazz team now. Yes, and if I'm not mistaken, the Jazz had issues with him. The Jazz had issues with the Cavs. I'm sorry, the Cavs had issues with him. Like he had, a, had an attitude issue and that's yeah. a problem at first. So and him and, and and look, the Cavs are very fortunate that he got hurt and they figured out that Garland was better. Because Garland is way to me, he's way better than Colin Sexton. I don't think that's close. <clears throat> I like Garland better. 
I, I don't I have to watch a little more sex than to say way better, but I think he's he's definitely better. I mean he made the all-star team better. first. He's a much better playmaker. But okay, so you think the Jazz made out well? I think they made out pretty well as well. But we'll see, man. Those picks, the Cavs, if they're really good for the next couple of years, those picks are gonna not be in shit. You know what I mean? It would have been better to get a better player, but we'll see what happens. No, that's what they play for. What what is Luke think? What what okay. Luke to finish is is uh is Nick's rant? Okay, yeah, so here's here's my thing. I think I think this trade works better for both teams. For all for every team involved, I think this was the best scenario because we don't have the front court for an undersized and a shit poor defensive backcourt. We just we don't have it. I, if, I agree with that. I agree with that. If if we had Jalen and Donovan and then and then we have RJ Mitch and, and Julius as our starting five. We're getting fucking cooked. Like, it's, it's, because Donovan, the, the issue with Donovan going into the season with the Jazz and the, one of the reasons they needed to trade him was he was going to get fucking exposed without Rudy Gobert and Moise O'Neal. He's a horrible defender. He's too little. He can't guard. And so now, granted, Evan Fournier can't fucking guard either. I don't want Evan Fournier on my team. You have to get him the fuck off my team. Um, He's just he's just average. He he's good four games a year, and those are all against the Celtics. Um, the, they, they were exciting though. Those were an exciting oh, four games. Yeah, great great four games. You know he what what I was talking to some other Knicks fans about was is Grimes gonna start because they clearly have a lot of faith. Tibbs, Leon, they clearly love Quentin Grimes, and I think he had a great summer league. And it's just wondering, is he is he gonna start? Is he gonna are they gonna do oh someone just fucking cut me off? Um like and and I think that that's an interesting thing to think about because I do think he has a lot of promise. I do think he's gonna be a very good guard in this league one day. Is it next year? I don't know. Tibbs doesn't like playing young guys, that's also something to think about. I like our young core. I think we have a really great young core. RJ is going to be better than Donovan Mitchell. I'm saying it now. He's going wow, to be better okay. than Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> because Yo, he sounds, sounds, the first sounds, three years, the first three years, is what RJ Barrett's played three seasons now. The first three years all go to Donovan, though. We have to agree on that. That's that's fine. It's, it can all go to Donovan. But when RJ Barrett is 25 years old, RJ Barrett's 22. When RJ Barrett's 25 years old, he can score. He can guard. He can rebound. He can do much more than Donovan Mitchell can. Donovan Mitchell can score. RJ Barrett averaged twenty last year. Playmaker in pick and roll, though, we got to give Donovan Mitchell credit. He's torn my Clippers apart in pick and roll with his passing at so many times. Yeah, exactly. But I will say this about the Cavs: they don't have that many spot up shooters. All I can think of is Kevin Love and like Jetty Osman. They don't have that many shooters like the Jazz did. Here's, here's the thing, right? Is is, is three point shooters? Are, RJ gets Rubio's a really not a bad ideas an ACL tear. RJ gets a really bad rap for because he's on the Knicks. That's just that's just a fact. Um, but last year, like the average twenty, I said in our the season preview last year that R or whatever I said RJ yeah. was going to average twenty. He averaged twenty. RJ can is a, it's very possible for RJ Barrett in two, three, or four years to average twenty five a game. I think that is very attainable for him in his career. Yeah, I think he's, in his career he's a little. Sure. He's a, he's a little slow, but he's strong. He is explosive. He can get to his spots. Give him a little more maturity. He's 22 years old. Give him a little more maturity in the league. 
he can very easily he's it's very not easily but it's very possible that he's going to be one of the dynamic guards in the nba when he's in his prime i fully believe that and the thing is is that he can do more on both sides than donovan mitchell and unfortunately with julius randall trying to be that guy and he just wasn't that guy last year um you know i'm i'm fine with people having a bad year i'm not mad at julius for having a bad year i'm mad at him for having a fucking garbage attitude when he had a bad year i'm mad at him for sitting on the other side of the bench I'm mad at him for not really taking responsibility. I'm mad at that. That's what I don't fucking like. You know, you can have a bad year. You cannot shoot well. I don't give a shit. As long as you take accountability. And Julius's body language and everything was just abysmal last year. Um, I think there's this tendency in the NBA to go for what's shiny and new. And for the Knicks, Donovan Mitchell was what was shiny and new. But we have a really good young core in RJ, um, now Jalen, uh, IQ, Grimes, Obi, Deuce. We have a really good young core that over the Jericho, next three, four years. Jericho Sims, Fabian's favorite. Who? Jericho Sims. I love Jericho. I think Jericho you know, Sims is the number one prospect. I think he's going to be, has a chance to be an all NBA player. When you're talking about RJ Barrett, that's what I feel about Jericho Sims. I think he slept on. I'm saying it before anybody else. I'm I'm, part, I'm throwing the whole New York hype machine behind him. Jericho <laughs> Sims. I don't. All you got to do is go back and watch the the Brooklyn Nets game, the, the the last Brooklyn Nets game that we played him. He was killing them. He was destroying them. And the referees started they started rigging the game, and they started allowing Devin Kevin Durant carry back in the game. He was destroying them. If your team does not have a front court or a weak front court, Jericho Sims is gonna tear you apart. I'm calling it now, baby. Jericho Sims is is the is the the big that's missing in the NBA now. And I what think if he gets his moment, great. if he gets his moment, he just does what bigs need to do. He rebounds, he has balance, he blocks shots, he can score around the basket. He's a dynamic big for sure. Um the truest sense of the word. Like, like I would love to have Jericho Sims in a pick and roll. Like okay, fair. You know, that's yo. I mean, Lucas, threat, that's great. that's what I would wanted to see if Mitchell was to come here for not for much. I didn't want to let go too much, but that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to see is 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 Mitchell Robinson and Jalen Brunson with Sims and Obi Toppin. If we would have been able to keep Toppin, because now you have it'd a different role threat. It'd be so fun to watch. the The issue with this team is that this should be RJ's team. They should say RJ. You're that guy. This is your team. Here you go. You are. Fabian, you are. Fabian's been saying that since the beginning of before uh, the beginning of the 2021 2022 season. They don't want to do that yet, and I don't know. They, they wanted to, to hand Julius the keys, and Julius can't handle it. He can't handle the garden. He can't handle the noise. He, it's just he just doesn't have it. I think RJ does. And you I think, think this is going to be the year that they give him the keys. I hope so. Because RJ is, if you look at him, if you look at how he scores, especially on the right side, if you look at how he scores, he gets to his spots. His head is very good. His jumper on the right side is very consistent. He, hey, Lucas, what are we doing, Lucas? RJ Barrett and Julius Randle for some time. They were just, they were the, they were the left-handed bandits. They for, were for the, that. For, for some time. I mean, last year, RJ was definitely 
I look at improvement. RJ was very good last year at getting into spots in, in comparison to the years before. And I think he's one of those players that's only going to continue to improve. I agree with that. I said he was going to score 22 points a game this season. In, in the right corner, he's one of the – I'm almost certain it was the right corner. He shot the highest percentage in the league from the right corner. He's – I personally think that this is the year he takes that leap when he, and he shows everybody in the league that he's – I'm that guy. I'm next up. Um, to, to, your point, to your point, Lucas, he did – he was injured last year early on. And yeah. Thibodeau – that's what I didn't like about Thibodeau. You can't come out and just totally criticize R.J. Barrett because he's not your guy and let Julius Randle run amok and go soak at the end of a bench and everything like that. You have to treat Julius Randle the same way because Tim Duncan was treated the same way by, by Greg Popovich. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this goes back to when Pat Riley would kind of coddle Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley and these guys didn't like that. He didn't mm-hmm. earn the Michael Jordan uh, you know, treatment. So you if you didn't win... Why are you treating him this way? Why are you coddling him? Especially since we lost to Atlanta the way we did. You cannot coddle Julius Randle. If you're talking- that, that was my issue with Julius as well, was he saw how what how, how Atlanta guarded, guarded him and they blitzed him every time he touched the ball. And now you have to think, like at least for me personally, if I'm Julius Randle, I'm going into that offseason thinking, okay, this is how they're going to guard me every time down the floor. I need to get better at dealing with double teams. I need to get better at handling dealing with the ball in my hands. Because now people aren't like, oh, I'm Julius Randle from the Pelicans and Julius Randle from last year. Now they're like, okay, he's that guy. We need, to, we need to blitz him. And he didn't. He didn't come back better. And then I was thinking about his fucking Players Tribune bullshit that he, po- that he wrote. And, and I'm like, dude. You act like you have all this passion. You act like you want to make Knicks fans proud, and then you act like a fucking bitch. You give them the fucking thumbs down. Play better. Play better. That's all you got to do. You, you know what? You say, I played like fucking shit and come back and play better. I, I'm just – I want to build the way we should, which is not by chasing what's shiny and nice and new. And I so think we – you're happy that you didn't trade for him. I am. It's annoying hearing all summer how he's coming to the Knicks. He's coming to the Knicks. He's coming to the Knicks. And me being like, okay, he's coming to the Knicks. And, and being like, okay, I guess I'm okay with giving up Obi because it's for Donovan. But I love Obi because while Obi Toppin is close to reaching his ceiling, I don't think there's I – don't, I, don't, I don't ever see Obi being, like, a much more dynamic player ever in his career. I think he can develop a better jump shot. He's definitely a pick-and-roll threat. But, you know, it's – he's – He's Obi Toppin. Like, like you're gonna you, what what you see is what you get with him, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but I love Obi because his personality is someone that you want on your team. It's an, he's infectious. He wants to be there. He wants to make everyone happy. He wants to be in New York. Um, there, he's genuinely proud to be a Nick through and through, and that's someone you want on your team. It's. It's guys like, like, that was why I liked when we had Austin Rivers. Because Austin Rivers was just really proud to be on this team. And it clearly showed with the young guys when he was on the court with them that he boosted their confidence. Because that was when you saw the rise of Quick and everyone was, you know, starting that nickname Quivers. And he was like, I don't, I don't really fuck with that. Um, granted, we got Derrick Rose, and I'd rather have Derrick Rose over Austin Rivers any day. But you want guys like that on your team, and I think we have a core of dudes like that for the most part that want to be there. 
So well, let's not. Yeah, my bad. No, I don't love. I don't love this offseason. That's the issue. I think RJ deserved the money. I think Jalen got a little overpaid because I think you know, fucking Leon was doing his buddy a favor and was doing his son a favor, and you know. So I think Jalen was a little bit overpaid, but let's let's see how he does as as the starting guard and as that guy. I, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Mavs games, so I can't really attest to him. But hundred million is a lot of fucking money. I don't want Julius Randle on my team. And do you know a Knicks fan that wants Julius Randle on the team? No, because I'll I'll, I'll I'll gladly meet him in the streets. <laughs> Uh, there, there are and like there, there, there are trolls that want Julius on the team, but they're they're trolls, and that's you know they're not they're not serious. Um, I so just for context, uh, Lucas, Jalen Brunson has the fifteenth highest contract in the league right now. Above him is D'Angelo Russell. So Jalen Brunson making 20, 26 million a year. D'Angelo Russell's making twenty nine. Chris Paul's at thirty. Kyrie Irving's at 34. Jamal Murray's at 31. Darian Fox is at 32. Damian Lillard's at, th- at 44. So there's a big leap. He's the – is that the 15th? Yeah, the 15th highest uh, paid point guard in the league. And similar to – I was going to say about um, R.J. RJ Barrett's deal. It's the, around the same thing, like the 10th highest – if you consider – RJ's, RJ's is heavily incentive-based. So, like, it gets it's higher than it's 120 if he gets all defensive player or if he gets like all defensive team, if he makes an all-star, he has to like, and if he makes an all NBA team, like he is wow, really? heavily, it's heavily incentive based for him to get the whole 120. Very, very heavily incentive based. Um, so that's great. I think, I think RJ is worth the money because RJ is one of those players where you want to show your guys, you want them. And it's one of those things where at the end of RJ's contract, hopefully he's going to be coming up and he's going to be a max player guy or a near max player guy. And with guy, with dudes like that, especially up to 22 years old, at the end of this contract, he's going to be 26. He's going to be his prime. Then hopefully if what I think, I think he's going to be a $30 million a year guy because it's, he's the type of player that you don't see in the NBA anymore. You don't have a ton of superstars. Not, and you were saying this on, on Locked, Locked On the other day, that there aren't a ton of guys in the league that can do it on both sides. There just aren't. And the younger you look, the worse it gets. All the young superstars, how many of them really do it on both sides? Right. Like Mikhail Bridges. And he's, he's not on both. Like, yeah. no, so, are we talking stars? Are we talking anybody? How many, how many young, you know, guys that are going to be the – Number one, number two, number three guy on the team are doing it on both sides. I mean, look at you can point to look, Luca, Trey Young, and and, and John Morant are horrible on defense. And these exactly. you even include Donovan Mitchell in there on the Jazz. Donovan's awful on defense. You look at right. every every top guy twenty every. You look at the twenty five and under list. Tell me how many of them are good defenders. That's uh, the, and, that are not solely that are not there for defense, like the Herb yes. Jones, the Herb Jones of the world. I don't know. I can't yes. think of any, honestly. That's, that's exactly. And R.J. Barrett is always left off that list. He's always fucking left off that list. But he's 22 years old. Every 28 games, he's the guy guarding your best fucking player at 22 years Jason, old. What do you to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in this discussion? Because they, I think that's what changed everything for them was they ended up taking more responsibility. 
they're at the top. Okay. Jason, for me, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are probably the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Luca. You know, those are the upper edge. Those are like the next superstars in the NBA for sure. Um, you got Jalen Brown there with Tatum and Luca because I think Tatum like, and b- below, but like. I think that when you're looking at in five years from now, six years from now, who are the next superstars of the league? You know, Jalen Brown's name is going to be up there. Jason Tatum's going to be up there. Uh, Luca, Donovan, D Book. You know, you. But not as like I said, a lot of them aren't doing it on both sides. RJ Barrett is a guy that you can give the ball to, and, and I think this will be the year he shows you that because they you can give the ball to and say, "Get me a bucket." And then on the def- on the defensive end, you can say, "Get it, get me a stop." Do you remember when we played the Clippers? I don't know if it was last year, and he was playing. No, it was the year before, I think, because I remember I was at the game, and RJ was fucking. Yeah, it was a year before. He was being up on Kawhi, and he was playing really good defense on Kawhi. I remember. I remember. At, at twenty, I was twenty years old. I can't fucking go out there and guard Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I remember that. Was, that impressed me a lot. So, you know, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. I mean, he has the potential to be a great. Two-way star, and and I think we have part of having a winning team with young guys is having a group of dudes who like each other and want to play with each other and want to win and want to win for the fans, and we have that. You know, we. Well, you you look at you don't say, Lucas. You wouldn't call that culture, would you? It's a good culture. (laughs) You need a good culture. Well, okay. So let's let's talk about at the to end this. The teams themselves this season. I know it's early. There could still be some moves, but where do we see the Jazz finishing off? Bottom three in the West. I got them bottom three. I hope they finish at the rock bottom. Nah, I don't want them to finish at the rock bottom because I just, I just don't. I want, I don't want them to get fucking Wendy. I don't, I don't want to happen. I don't. I, I want them to be like. I want them to be like the twelfth seed. Well, how great would it be if they get seed. the they get the worst seed and they don't get him? That'd be awesome. That'd be great, but. The Spurs, um, the Spurs are going to be right there joining them in the bottom, and so are the – I don't no. know about the Oklahoma City Thunder, but the Chet injury is bad. No, the Spurs <laughs> are going to be trash. And then what's the other team the, that's really bad out, out west? Is the Spurs the, got Keldon Johnson. Um, You got the Rockets. Hey, your best player. The Rockets, but I think they may actually be a little better this year. Okay, so look. You have – wait, but okay, it's the Rockets. not going to be great either, OKC. OKC or Chet's gone for the season. Because Chet's gone. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Those Sacramento's going to be better. Huh? Sacramento's getting better. Sacramento will be better than these teams, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like Utah, OKC, San Antonio, like they're the bottom feeders. Like, Yeah. Right. I mean, they're, they're tanking. So San Antonio was 34 and 48. They were in the playoff, the play-in mix last year. Yeah, but they lost DeJounte Murray, their best player. Right, right. So, so they're going to be and, terrible. And they're tanking. Like this yeah, guy's going. on. Yeah, Pavlovich is going for the for the for the tank. So they're gonna be out of the playoff mix, we think, right? And the Lakers are gonna be back in the playoff mix, we think. We all agree about well, that. Well, it doesn't really matter because the Jazz, it's only where the other two teams are east. So the Jazz doesn't really matter. All that matters is they're not gonna be in the playoffs. Play any anywhere close. We all agree yeah. on that. Yeah, they're in the bottom. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not, nowhere near the playoffs. It'll I will say though, is it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Utah to see where the other guys go, like the Conleys, the Bogdanoviches, like where they nah, are. they want to compete. Huh? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to concern myself with Utah. I'm not going to concern myself with anything they do. I don't give a fuck about Utah. Fuck their racist ass fans. Fuck their pedophile Gosh. supporting ass front office. I don't give a shit. All right. Fuck Danny Ainge. You know. 
fuck all of them. I don't give. A, I couldn't care less about Utah. So uh, how about Utah can lick my ass. How about the how about the Cavs though? I got. Okay, them, I think I got them finishing around the five to six range, but I think they could finish up to three or four. I, I have. I have the there. Cavs four to six range. Okay, same with me. And then Fabian already said he has them higher than that. Now, I where do you guys see their playoff potential the first year if they don't make any other big moves? I say they're out in the first round to me. I don't. It depends on who they get. Good. The East, they have a chance to get out of the first round given the matchup, like if they have Philadelphia. But I don't think if they play, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Miami. I feel like they haven't gotten better this summer, but exactly. I still feel like the Cavs are not. I don't know if they'll beat the Heat in a series. I think the Cavs can beat the Heat, the Sixers, the Raptors, the Bulls, the, the, Nets. the Nets. They can okay. beat the Spank yeah. the Nets. They I agree. They're gonna spank the Hawks. They're gonna spank the Hornets. Who else is on there? Bulls. Orlando might be a surprise team. Bulls. That yo, that rookie. Listen, I'm not gonna keep hyping this. Oh, thing. Paolo, he's gonna be good. But I don't think they're gonna be anywhere close. They they won 22 games last year. When you see a player, he's the number one pick, right, Paolo? Whatever yeah, his name they is. won 30 games max. Blanchetto. Is his name Blanchetto? Yeah. Yeah. That kid is really good. He is, but I think that's 30 wins max. Okay, but the East is loaded. Like they're gonna yeah, have to much better this year. Yes, the not Cavs much better. It's better. It's it's getting better. I mean, last year I think the East was the first year that they were pretty solidly better than the West in my lifetime, and this year I think it'll be better, but better than the West as well. But the West is not bad this year. They're getting with Kawhi and you know AD hopefully be healthy. It'll be different. But so okay, you got them. The four. If if the Cavs are the four, the fifth seed, I say they're going to the second round. If they're the sixth seed. I guess they're the third, but I don't think they're going to be third. Four, fifth seed, they go to the second round. Sixth seed, they're not going to the second round. They're, they're getting bounced out in the first. Um, Fabian has but, one of these challenge finals. <laughs> I, all right. Realistically, it's the second round. And if they if okay, they can get on a roll and if, if they figure it out and they get the first seed, that they have to shoot for the first seed to really go far because you want you can't play the best teams in the, in the playoffs, especially when you're that young. I like what KP said. A small backcourt like that, and and young at the same time is very hard wings, to get. man. In the playoffs, like having yeah. having two great offensive guards that are both similar in terms of what they do on the court, and then having two great rim protectors, it's just a little weird. In today's NBA, it's the wing guys you need to guard these point of attack guys. But anyway, okay, so you got them second round. I got them first round. Lucas had his say, and I was ended with the Knicks. Let's not take too long, though, fellas. We're already over an hour. Um, but Knicks, I already said I got them finishing like tenth, huh? 10 seed, maybe. Yeah. I, I, what, my ideal, what I, what I would love, is I'd love for us to finish like 10th, maybe 11th, whatever. Uh, we get like the 11th pick in the draft, 13th pick in the draft, and we get one of the Thompson twins. I would love to get one of the Thompson twins. And then we have a great young core. And I think in 2026, we're a legitimate playoff contender. And unfortunately... Knicks fans are really tired of hearing, be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient. But when you have a really good young four to build around, it's worth being patient. And so I think we'll be the 10th seed. Bye, Fair enough. All right, guys, let them know where they can find you. Appreciate you for joining me as usual. Another episode of Free Agency Frenzy here on Dime Dropper. Make sure y'all drop a comment, though, after the video's over for the algorithms and toss a like and subscribe if you're not. You already know I put there – I put – Fabian's Twitter and YouTube in the bio or in the description of the video, I should say. But uh, let him know. All right. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but I don't want to like post shit or anything. So uh, you can find Twitter. me on uh, 
Find me on find me on Dime Dropper occasionally. You know, yeah. Check out Big Dime. That's, that's where working, I'm at. Working behind the camera and sometimes on the camera. Fabian, yeah, you know, you uh, let them know where you're at. Yes, some people call me Fabian, Fabian. Depends on how exotic you are. But Fabian Perspective <laughs> TV, Fabian Perspective TV. That's on Twitter. Instagram is Fabian underscore Perspective TV. Um, and TikTok, same thing. I'm really on TikTok though. But YouTube, YouTube channel, Fabian Perspective Clips. Um, yeah, shout out to All Ball with Uncle Ice. We promote that, and of course, Dom Dropper. Stay, stay tuned with Dom Dropper. You know, Dom Dropper got all the historical knowledge. The historical yes, knowledge has not come recently, though, but it will be coming soon. Also, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Clippers, guys. Even if you're not a Clipper fan, support for your boy. But if you're a Clipper fan, get your ass over and subscribe. And of course, Dime Dropper on the rise, always. Peace out, everybody. Make sure peace, fellas. Toss that comment. Thanks for joining me, guys. All right.